You're listening to Experience This, a show about the emerging experience economy with your host, Tom Young. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the show. This is Tom Young. I'm sitting here with Karen Bajwa. Hey, Hi, Tom. How's it going? All right. Hey, we, we at our last show, we talked about how we were going to go to the NRF uh, convention in New York uh, to see which is was the largest retail convention. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we both went and checked that out. It was pretty interesting. What were your thoughts on that? <laughs> uh, a lot of interesting thoughts. I thought that the displays themselves were magnificent. <laughs> However, it's oh, hard to uh, imagine. So people haven't uh, seen it. It's it, it was on the west side of the Jacob Javits Center. Center yeah, right. So it's right around Eleventh uh, Avenue. Eleventh and like fortieth, right? Thirty fourth. Thirty fourth, yeah. somewhere mm-hmm. around there. And a lot of construction going on. It's right by where you live. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think there was a little over 60,000 people there. Oh, it was packed. And I'm not sure how much square footage, but I think it was like a kajillion. (laughs) It was, I didn't walk everywhere. It was just really, it was was big. It was a bit overwhelming. Several, I want to say, if you think in terms of city blocks in New York, it was, it's probably four or five city blocks. Yeah, I think it's about four blocks wide. Yeah. And four or five floors. Yeah, it's... It was amazing in terms of its scope and spectacle. We went to one of our clients, um, mm. and they, they they had a booth that was covered floor space. I want to say maybe 25, 30 by 30. And they and it wasn't that spectacular in the scheme of things. Yeah. Compared to like Microsoft's booth. <laughs> but, you know, which, uh, but they said they spent a million dollars on the booth. Wow. So you had to figure, you saw the Microsoft booth when you walked through, right? Yeah. All right. Multi-levels and stairs and conference rooms above it. And that had to cost several million dollars. The booth with the longest line that I saw was the one that had a barista giving away free lattes. <laughs> yeah. So what's in, I've gone to a lot of trade shows over the years. It's the first time I've ever gone to NRF. Um, and it is, it's a very, it was very well done. Uh, it feels like they're a little bit bursting at the seams there at Jacob Javits. Yeah. They're going to have to... Probably expand a bit. Expand or, you know, it's hard to think about moving the retail out of New York. Just given the... Yeah. You, know, you can put it in Orlando or Vegas with some bigger facilities, but I think you'd yeah. lose a lot because it's an international convention. Yeah. You, but what I found interesting was it, the... I don't know what I was thinking, but when I went there, I thought I would see retailers on the floor. Yeah, I think we talked about it. We imagined seeing yeah. Walmart, Target, Levi's, all with these with the booths the size of Microsoft. And none of them were there. <laughs> no. None of them. They were. Where they were. They were walking around in blue jeans and a t-shirt <laughs> on the floor, looking at everyone who's trying to sell to them. Yeah. So they have all these technology companies, consulting companies who have booths who are trying to lure the retailers who are walking the floor. So the customers that are retailers and the people spending the money on these huge floor spaces are the arms dealers of retail. Yeah, it was a it was a technology show. Yeah. So in that sense it was interesting. I think, you know, when we look at the video playback of from the marketing site we just mm-hmm. watched, uh, I think the most interesting thing would probably be the stage shows where senior leadership from very large retailers are coming in and sharing their thoughts on where they see retail going. Yeah, I think the 
the, those talks had a lot of good insights, uh, and they are probably closer to the consumers. So there were that was probably would have been much more informative than walking around seeing all the buzzwords. Well, there's no prohibition or uh, rules about using buzzwords. So people will say things. We saw digital everywhere. Experience we saw everywhere, mm-hmm. which is very interesting. But I likened what I saw to taking new things and just putting a primer coat on an old model with the buzzword. So I I visited you know a lot of the booths when I walked around, and when they talked about experience, I was drawn. I wanted to see what they were going to say about it, but it was mostly just cliches and you know, as I would call it, a a primer coat over an old model. They weren't really reimagining yeah. or right. stepping back foundationally and looking at a new business model that was focused on experience. They were just talking about it as if uttering the words was dealing with the issue of customer experience yeah. being a foundational to retail. In my mind, it just popped up that on our last podcast when we looked at the Westfield 2028 vision, imagine if that was set up there. And when you were able to walk through the 2028 vision, that is really reimagining retail. Not just uh, what we not not what we saw. So it, it, when I it was more like I use the buzzword now buy my stuff. That that was how <laughs> I viewed each of the booths, and it's very successful conventions. I don't want to I don't want to say and I mean, a lot of work goes into it, it but. It seems like the kind of conversations that you and I have been having over the past year or so on this topic doesn't lend itself to the kind of commercialism that we saw at this convention. Right, because we're talking about a a new paradigm shift or a new idea. And it's unclear to me that where the commercials lie in that. Because at the end of the day, our premise is that the experience economy is going to be about time and less about money. Yeah, I think the references to time that we did see were yeah. all around, uh, you Shopper know. Shopper convenience. Yeah, exactly. Just, But that's that's missing the point. Yeah. So again, we talked at our previous podcast about visiting the Starbucks roastery. Right. At the Reserve. The, the convenience of time was not part of their value quotient there. No. In fact, at some level, they're probably concerned you spend too much time there. <laughs> right? Yeah. So they're, trying, they're not trying to save you time. They're trying to use your time in a way that you value. Yeah, it's much more. And so you end up wanting to spend more time there. So when I think of a, um, uh, when I think of, the the use of time uh it's p- most of the time people are thinking i want to get in and get out that's a utilitarian view of shopping and what we're trying to des- describe as a retail uh experience that says hey no this is an experience this is something for you to go do so think of like even going to the movies i don't think of oh, I'm only going to go to the movies if it's a 90-minute movie or if it's over two hours, I'm not going to see it. Sometimes people do that. Yeah. But for the most part, you're going there to be entertained. 
And I didn't see any of that really at NRF in terms of how you engage your your customer's time in a way that is, um, you know, thinking about how they value their time other than saving them time and shopping, treating it like shopping like a chore. Yeah, I think it's two different things. It, it, there, What we saw was definitely the latter, just shopper convenience and more data around time. But there was nothing about the, like you just said, there's nothing around the human component of how are we enriching lives? How are these experiences better? Where What's the lifestyle piece that we talked about last time? It's all of that stuff. Maybe it was on the main stage. Maybe some of the retailers were talking about it. In the preview, it looked like they were probably touching on some of that stuff. But that's the real change in yeah. all of this. I also think what we're talking about is fundamentally radical Yeah. Uh, to uh, the retail model. So in that way, the Starbucks Reserve, uh, even the Samsung Experience Store, a couple of the places we went, they're radical departures from classic retail. And we've also even talked about a shift from how much shit can you really have and using your time in other ways, less about just bombarding yourself with purchasing more product and making it easier to purchase product. Well, and you know, the, the model of retail says you need more stuff. Yeah. So it's shifting the entire model of retail, essentially. So if you, if you suggest that you need less, that's, that's heretical. <laughs> and, you, and look around that convention, and there's a lot of vested interest in making sure that your heresy never gets the light of day. Well, I saw one of the things that stood out to me was this cashless uh, grab and go. So they talked about reimagining convenience stores. Right. And when customers could just take the product, scan it, and be out the door. It, it's like, oh, my God, they're sort of directly feeding into getting people to buy more stuff. Yeah. Well, that's the Amazon model, right, where you just – it's RFID'd and there's no checkout. You just walk in, grab it, and go, and it's hit your Amazon Prime account. It, but I think that when we talk about selling people their time – we visited afterwards, we visited uh, Italy. Yeah. And I did, uh, the re, so the, at Italy, it's been there eight, nine years. Yeah, in, uh, about 10 years. Another great experience place. It's retail, they sell a lot of things, but it's experiential. There's restaurants there. The, the point is people are happily gonna open their wallets. We yeah. were in there yesterday, and three of us from right. our team were talking about, oh, we need to pick up this great pasta and right. X, Y, and Z. So you're going to get that. But that's not what they were. It, it, it's all blended. The It wasn't just pushing product. It was the experience of being there. It was enjoying your time, sitting down, having a meal, this whole. So I didn't see. So if I think of Italy as a great example of inculcating experience into a shopping venue. Because when you look at this, this not, none of the stuff I saw at Italy was cheap. Yeah, it's not. It's it's exotic Italian stuff around eating. You know, I think they had 7,000 different kinds of cheese. It was crazy. <laughs> but then, then they have restaurants all over the place. But they also had a, uh, a teaching kitchen. Mm -hmm. And TJ and Cassidy, they took a class there. 
And again, that's not inexpensive. I think they said it was a couple hundred dollars a head. But they teach you how to make different things, and it's experiential, and it drives you into a retail experience. But you don't think of it as, oh, I'm going to buy stuff. You go think, I'm going to experience something. And as a part of that experience, you might buy some of the products you used in that class, but it all stems from the experience. Right. But I didn't sense the DNA that makes Italy a top destination down in that area. Ten years it's running packed all the and time. All, always packed. It's always packed. I didn't see any of that DNA at NRF. Now, maybe it existed. I just didn't see it. It's a big, it was a big conference. But I didn't see that anywhere in any of the booths that we that I saw. You, I didn't go walk the floor with you. You walked with Rohan, mm-hmm. and I was walking around with TJ. And you know, we looked around and said, "Boy, this is a lot of the same stuff over and over again." And I didn't see any of the Italy DNA. No, Did you? Nope. It, it's the Restoration Hardware, the Starbucks Reserve, the Italy. None of that experiential stuff was visible. What I'm talking about is the notion of how do I help a retailer reorganize their business model around that experience. There's lots of, Italy's making money. Oh yeah. Right, and it was uh, it was not inexpensive. The food was pretty good. Pricey, but good. Right, uh, we went and had drinks upstairs on the roof. That was nice, mm-hmm. and again, I heard I, you say in the summertime that's packed. They open up the roof. Oh, it's and they change the themes in the roof. So it's summertime in Italy. Uh, in the winter times, it, they just might have changed it a couple weeks ago. But before Christmas, it was a ski lodge. So it was opera ski. So this concept, this is the first one I think they opened up, right? The one, the Flatiron location, yeah. And now they have a second location downtown by World Trade. <laughs> and there's a. Uh, a French one that opened up downtown as well? Yeah, Laid District. So if people are catching on to this. And the, and the Spanish one is opening up in Hudson Yards right in you. March. That's right. Yep, same exact concept. So I, my sense is this, is this is a radical departure from classic retail. And the entrenched interests that you see at NRF are probably going to be slow to pick it up. Yeah, I, it was invisible when we, walk, when we yeah. walked around. It was just more AI automation. Well, NRF data. in and of itself is a business, right? Yeah, I was like, <laughs> Those conferences yeah. are not for free. I mean, it, I forget what a ticket was, a couple thousand dollars just to walk the floor. Yeah. But it's, uh, so that's a business in and of itself. But when we start to talk about less is more and selling less and <laughs> managing time, it's a very different business model, and not everybody can do it. Maybe there's another trade show that we're not plugged into yet. <laughs> I haven't heard of it. Yeah, I don't know. I just I don't know, but this, I mean, some people are obviously talking about it. The guys at Italy and their friends at Starbucks are chatting about it, but we we have to go figure that out because whoever <laughs> the Italy concept, I, I really like. In fact, I've been looking at like the cooking schools out here in New Jersey mm-hmm. to see, because to me that concept extends beyond New York City, right? It, oh, it, yeah. It's not just, you know, where you've got such a concentration of population and wealth. I move out into the suburbs. Um, can I find, yeah. excuse me, can I find the same business models working 
in, say, Somerset County, New Jersey. I bet the suburbs would love that. And you can have some that are catered just to adults and some where it's inclusive with their kids. There's a place called Natarar. It used to be the King of Morocco spread here in Somerset County. And the county bought it and they sold it. Anyway, they have this restaurant called 99 Acres, I think it's called. But they have a cooking school. And they do something similar to what Italy does. Mm-hmm. And they teach you how to cook different things. But they have this one thing called date night where the cooking is on a Friday night or a Saturday night. You just can't get you can't get tickets. Yeah. It's packed because it's like, oh, that's a cool thing to go do. And I think to me, it's when you think about experiences, not just around food, that's what we've been talking about, but around a lot of other things like home improvement, do-it-yourself projects. Oh, yeah, DIY stuff. Yeah, there's so many opportunities for that. Painting. I know some places do BYOB, paint and sip wine type classes. It, uh, the opportunities are endless in that space. So we have up on the screen as we're sitting here a uh, – a video loop of, you know, drone flyovers of Norway. <laughs> but even thinking about how you could reinvent travel agencies. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Give people a flavor, of, you know. Of what it might actually be like to go to that location <laughs> before you go. Right. And and, and now with enabled by 4K, I mean, the, the, this is stunning. It's stunning footage. And, but you can... Go and reimagine stuff and then bring in a retail component to this, bring in a experiential component, tie in a cooking class. Maybe you can experience some of the foods that you might see when you travel to these places, have a cooking class on it, and you extend the travel to a pre-planning and something you do afterwards. Yeah. So this is the kind of things that I think we're going to start to see and reimagine business models that are driven in what is called retail today. But it really requires to me a foundational rethinking what that Mm -hmm. business model is. Yeah, that stuff would be absolutely exciting. And I think when we talk a lot about putting customers in the center of it all, this is where customers would really benefit. And I think what we want to do with this show is to get people to start thinking about the algebra of their economy, mm-hmm. of their wallet versus their clock. And at the end of the day, yep. you only have so much time and you only have so much money. And you have to solve for both of those. Yeah. So if I said to you, Karen, we have a Saturday afternoon to spend hang out, and I only have $100, could we have fun? Absolutely. Okay. Could you have fun with 50? Yeah. With 25? The answer is yes, all the way down, because it really boils down to your attitude towards your time. And, and, And if you think money is the only way to enjoy your time, then you're missing, yeah, you're missing the point, right? It's, so I'd like to say to people, I'll double your wealth overnight or in a moment to say, here you go, you ready? Be content with half. There you go. Yeah, yeah, no, it's a fundamental shift. It's a that. fundamental shift. And having having less stuff 
is liberating. It's massively liberating. That whole, right. people need to, there's a documentary, The Tiny Home. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if I could go all the way to a tiny house, but even just 20% of the way there. And I'm already, I'm in an apartment. So you're, I'm pretty you're much. A, you're in a tiny apartment. Yeah, I'm already on my on that route. So, but it's liberating. And in your prior living situations, you you probably have bigger places all the time, right? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Or I've lived in the suburbs. So you, you, you have huge places then. Right. But it's, and you always notice when people do spring cleaning, they always talk about how good it feels to give away stuff. Right. The term, I, I have a lot of possessions. <laughs> is, what are those things? Are they possessing you or are you possessing that? Where's my stuff? I got to take care of my stuff. And, I have to get to my stuff. People are always overwhelmed by, oh my God, I got to clean up my garage. I've got so much stuff in my garage. Yeah. <laughs> like, burn it to the ground. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll we'll talk about this on, on a um, on another episode, but I want to talk. I'll, I'll forward you this book. I maybe did I already forward it to you? The uh, Life Nomadic. Yeah, I think you sent me the copy. All right. So mm-hmm. sometime in the next couple of weeks, to browse through that because yeah. I want to talk a little bit more about that from it because this guy really took the experience living to the next level. Mm. You know, he literally sold everything that wasn't on it that he wasn't wearing or it could fit in a backpack, and then he writes about what happened. Yeah. And the the it it runs co- countercultural to a retail model that says I need more, and the only thing better than uh, large is extra large. Um, just buying more and more stuff, which is the retail model is more is better. To one that talks about optimizing your time. Yeah. And fundamentally, the experience economy as we talk about is a time versus a money set of algebra. And as you get older, you start to realize that the time paradigm that young people have, that time is limitless and money is scarce, inverts. And there is a point in time where you definitely realize you will run out of time before you run out of money. And it's at that point you're going to be looking for avenues to make better use of your time. And experiences that you can share. I was just thinking, we went to Italy. It's something for us to talk about. Yeah. Oh, remember the time we sat there and enjoyed that great glass of wine and whatever we got? Yeah. But nobody talks about, oh, remember that time that I bought those pair of socks from the shelf because <laughs> it was faster to get those socks out the door? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, come on. It's not that. No. It's highly social. Yes. So. Yeah. Hey, so you and uh, you and Rohan are going out to uh, film festival. Yeah, we're headed to Sundance. All right. So we're supporting one of our friends who's got his film premiering at Sundance. Uh, so we're really excited. Uh, talk about an experience. Sundance is going to be one too. I'll bet. Yeah. So a couple things I would ask you to do there. One is to talk about this concept with as many people as you can, because it seems to me like the clientele at a Sundance Film Festival are going to be very open to this concept. Oh, yeah. Yes. And then the second thing is it it turns the whole watching a movie into an experience way beyond going to the movie theater. Mm. It's highly social. Completely social. Right? There'll be a lot of tie-ins to the movies, like parties, pre-parties, after-parties. Yes. Discussions about it. 
You know, a lot of times you go watch a movie and that's it. You either like it or you don't. You rate it on Rotten Tomatoes and there's no follow-up. But there the whole point is, what do you think about the movie? Let's talk about it. Oh, yeah. It's going to be great. It's great energy. How long are you going for? Uh, we're going to be there for four <laughs> days, so Thursday to Monday. Yeah. And the cool thing is the movie tickets themselves are – it's not a big production to get them. They're pretty inexpensive. It's like $20 a pop. Yep. Um, and yeah, there's going to be a lot of discussions going on. Main Street's lit up. Chase has a lounge there. What town is it in? Park City, Utah. Yeah. So it's going to be really fun. Yeah. Well, I'll look forward to hearing about that. <laughs> yes. So again, share the share this concept. I'd be interested what other people have to th- sing about this, but mm-hmm. it's, it's really this time versus money uh, algebra that we're going to go through as you get older. Yeah. So anything awesome. else? That's it. Great. Well, let's look forward to our next show. Perfect. Talk to you soon. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Hey, this is Karen Bajwa. Thanks for checking out the show today. If you like what you heard, head on over to our website, rumjog.com. If you happen to be in the New York or New Jersey area, come check out our meetup called Digital Disruption. We cover topics like you heard today with a live audience. Lastly, don't forget to follow us on social media using the handle at rumjog. Talk to you soon.